It's a new day, and it's coming at you fast. With Comcast Business, you'll have what you need to take on every twist and turn, like the flexibility to control multiple Wi-Fi networks from anywhere, a cybersecurity solution to help protect all your connected devices, and the power of the nation's largest gig speed network, all supported by a dedicated team available 24-7. Every day in business is a big day. Comcast Business will keep you ready for what's next. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. We'll start in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of All Steelers Talk here at AllSteelers.com. We're your host, No Strack Bind, joined always with Donnie Droon and Donnie. I I don't wanna I don't wanna start off the show by ripping on somebody who used to play for the Steelers. But I have been waiting to rip on somebody who plays for the Steelers. Al Villanueva, Big Al, is headed to the Baltimore Ravens. And if that is not bad enough, he threw salt on the wound and said that he is excited and that some of his motivation comes from playing the Steelers twice a year. I don't think he realizes that he's about to line up across from TJ Watt, playing right tackle for the first time in his career. But Big Al wants to come home to Pittsburgh and face the should-be defensive player of the year. Yeah, uh, should be back-to-back defensive player of the year. buck for everybody. Um, shocking, yeah. Surprising, probably not, given the nature of how Alejandro Villanueva has carried himself um, through his stint with the Pittsburgh Steelers, now obviously with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, one thing I will say is it's really funny watching Baltimore Ravens fans go from Alejandro Villanueva isn't good to now Alejandro Villanueva can replace the footsteps of Orlando Brown and become a key part of the pass protection. Um, the pass for, protection. For the Ravens. And yeah, and we're, we're, we're talking about a team who predominantly runs the football. I mean, they'll, they'll run it 40 to 50 times a game. And they just signed a, a very not good run blocker. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure where the logic there is. You, you, what was the contract that, that he got? Two years, $14 million, $8 million guaranteed. Yeah, so it's not like an egregious contract, you know, especially for a, for a tackle. Seven million dollars is nowhere near the top. But man, like, good for Al because he got paid. But if he thinks he's looking forward to playing the lot, the likes, excuse me, of TJ Watt and the rest of the Steelers defense, let alone you know, Watt, I mean, they, they still have a phenomenal front seven. He's going to be in for the rude awakening. I feel like he should already have a little bit of that taste, you know, going up against those guys in practice every single day. But, I mean, when you throw that little mixture of the Steelers-Ravens robbery into it, it's going to take on a whole other meaning, and I don't think he's ready for it. No, he's not. Al Villanueva, for one, anybody who thinks that the Baltimore Ravens are just suddenly going to be a passing team, I don't know what you've been watching. I get that they added Bateman in the draft. It was a great pick. I got it. Lamar Jackson is still a run-first quarterback, and I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's got all the tools to be a pass-first quarterback, but he's not. That's not who he is. That team is designed to misdirection run you, and when it comes to trying to protect the passer, I mean, they do a pretty good job because they have Lamar Jackson. You don't really need to do much. You want to know what you need to excel in? Run blocking. Al Villanueva doesn't do that, as you said. This team doesn't get better from it. They just paid $14 million over two years I get that it's probably just a one-year, maybe a two-year deal if they can't find anybody. But to replace him with, I mean, it's Orlando Brown. And I I understand that whole thing, too, is Orlando Brown wanted to go if he couldn't move over to left tackle. You can't replace Ronnie Stanley, even though you don't know if he's going to be ready by the start of the season. 
So at this point, you got to reach out to somebody. You're going to reach out to Al Villanueva, who's never played right tackle before. At 32 years old, you just expect him to jump across the line and be totally fine on a new team with, with a new playbook? I mean, that doesn't – none of it adds up. And Al Villanueva talked the way he is to keep going on. I mean, when was Al Villanueva ever really truly a stealer? And I get that maybe I'm challenging somebody I shouldn't, but – I mean, Al Villanueva has done a lot for the NFL, a lot for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and a lot for this country, obviously. But at the end of the day, he's been a lot of distractions for a team who doesn't necessarily mean need more distractions and at the same time has never really acknowledged that he's been a problem more than he's been productive. Yeah, most definitely. That's going all the way back to uh, whenever he stood out in the tunnel for the national anthem away from the rest of the team, whenever they played in Chicago a few years ago. And granted, though, he, he said immediately that he regretted it. He like shouldn't have done it. But, you know, the anthem was playing. He didn't want to disrespect his country. And, you know, him being a former military personnel, and obviously I can definitely respect that. You know, shout out to him for serving and protecting our country. But you go from that to... Um, you know, him having a, a different last name, um, sorry, a different name of somebody who is a victim of a, um, not a victim of a hate crime, but, you know, uh, whenever the NFL went through the whole period of trying to highlight, um, you know, my, minority names, you know, different people and stuff, the Steelers all settled um, on one name. I think he went with Antoine Rose Jr. Was that the yeah, name? Yeah, Antoine was? Rose Jr. And he wrote, yeah. he wrote Alwyn Cash Jr. Or, I don't that's know if it was right. Alwyn Cash. And yeah, and that story is great. You know what I mean? Like a Medal of Honor guy who eventually, I believe, actually received the award. Like it, it was all great. But the fact that it took a week and a half before Al Villanueva spoke to the media. I mean, the dude causes problems and then he hides from everybody. And that's uh, that's always been my biggest beef with them is that Al Villanueva is a dude who just shows up on Sundays and plays mediocre football and then causes these distractions and never wants to be accountable for them and just explain them because they're all pretty good reasons. Like nobody had a problem with the Alwyn Cash name after it was all explained, after Al talked to the media. But before then, everybody had a huge – it was a huge issue. I mean, me and you were talking about it before the show that just reporting it caused a lot of issues for the people reporting it. And he was just sitting around letting everybody else take the bullet while he was just sitting there. And it's what he's going to do again. He's going to say all these things about the Steelers, and then we're never going to hear from him again. And Steelers fans are just going to be mad at him forever. That's that's where we're at. I think Al Villanueva's reputation with the Steelers is worse than Mike Hilton's right now. Yeah, I I think after those comments, it's definitely not a stretch. I mean, you, both of them signed with division rivals. Uh, Mike Hilton, I, I don't think he ever went along those lines whenever he made comments about, you know, looking forward to playing the Steelers, at least in that yeah. sort of tone that Villanueva kind of portrayed himself in right there. Um, but I, I feel like the last thing you want to do is give your former team a bulletin board material. I mean, he could have walked out. He could have said, hey, you know, I really enjoyed my time in Pittsburgh. You know, thanks so much. It's some of the best years of my life, never forget it, blah, 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 blah. You know, the standard typical stuff guys say whenever they leave. Uh, but instead, you know, the two times a year, maybe even three times, depending on how both of the seasons go, that the Steelers will play the Ravens. If he thinks that won't be posted up in the locker room everywhere, if he thinks TJ Walker won't remember what he said or anybody else on that defense, he, he's mistaken. So, you know, I, I don't yeah. think he did himself any favors right there. No, he did not. I mean, Al Villanueva left, and if he stayed quiet, there would have been no problems except for me. And he kept talking, and now he's here. And it, the worst part is if he plays on the left side because Ronnie Stanley isn't ready and Alex Highsmith makes him look like a bum, then that's that's 
great for the Steelers, and it's hilarious for anybody making fun of Al Villanueva. When he faces T.J. Watt, it's not even going to be close. Like, that's not going to be somebody that T.J. Watt can just suddenly, you know, is going to play to their level. You have T.J. Watt, who's, as we mentioned, should be a back-to-back defensive player of the year, going up against a guy who just, as we've mentioned, switched sides of the line and now has to protect you at 32 and obviously decreasing in in talent over the last two, maybe three years. It's been a minute since Al Villanueva has been good enough to be a starting left tackle for the Steelers. To say that he's going to be a starting run tackle against the best running team, or right tackle against the best running team in football, I don't think you're. I think that's a loss waiting to happen. But if you're a Steelers fan, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're pretty excited about this. This is a great move. The Steelers avoided him. Got Dan Moore, which you know has some potential, even if he doesn't start right now. And I'll take Chooks moving to the left side before I take Al Villanueva nine times out of ten. When we come back, the NFL draft is over, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have nine new faces and plenty of undrafted guys with a ton of potential. Me and Donnie break down their whole NFL draft and more after the break. In business, it's never just another day. Every day is the day. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever the day holds, with Comcast Business, you'll be prepared. With a network that can deliver gig speeds to most businesses, Comcast Business Security Edge to help protect your connected devices, and a dedicated team available 24-7. Every day in business is a big day. We'll keep you ready for what's next. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. The NFL draft is behind us, but the Steelers added nine guys that I'm feeling pretty good about. Donnie, when you look at the NFL draft as a whole, obviously, the Steelers got nine guys. They avoided the offensive line until the third round, which some believe was a mistake. They grabbed Najee Harris, the person we all predicted, and then they got a strong tight end in round two and a punter in the seventh round that might throw better passes than Ben Roethlisberger. Who knows? What are your thoughts on the entire Steelers draft? Uh, you know, first round to take Najee, and that was kind of the uh, the pick we all expected. And just whenever you think you have this team figured out, whenever you, you have a really good feel on what they might do, um, they go the complete opposite direction. Um, we, we talked about tight end being a need and them probably addressing it at some point in the draft. I don't really think anybody realistically thought that you know, Pat Freemuth might be the guy in the second round for them. Uh, but granted, you know, they feel like he was the best player available on the board and, you know, they went with him. Um, I personally had some strong feelings towards it whenever the pick was first announced. I feel like it should have went with Creed Humphrey. Uh, but the Steelers, you know, being the Steelers, obviously they pull back in the third round. They get Kendrick Green, a guy who they are very, very high on, a guy they think didn't not only play the center position but start at it at the next level. So, I mean, they, they addressed three big positions of need in the first three, th- three rounds, excuse me. Um, so I can't really complain about that. Um, but the unconventional ways I went about it, uh, definitely a whirlwind of surprise to say the least. 
Whirlwind. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, me and you talked about it at the first round, like, oh, who should we prepare for the first pick? And I was like, oh, Pat Firemuth, because chances are the Steelers are just going to screw everybody. And that's exactly what they did in the second round. I mean, what did you have, six, seven guys prepared that you were like, this is it. These these are the guys the Steelers will draft. And then they came back with a tight end that nobody believed they would draft. And that's exactly what the Steelers do. But this time I think it worked. I like Pat Fryermuth. I think that's a good tight end, a Steelers tight end, and a guy who could come in, add to the run block, catch some passes, work behind Eric Ebron. He gives you a good option in case Eric Ebron's worth too much money next offseason. So that's a guy that could come in, do a lot right away and in the future. Obviously, Najee's a win. Anybody who's against Najee Harris doesn't know who Najee Harris is because that is the perfect pick, and he's going to do so much. I mean, in his first interview with us, he told us time and time again that he's not a running back. He's a wide receiver. That's perfect, especially with an aging quarterback and then a new quarterback. That's exactly what you want. From there, Kendrick Green has all the potential to be Marquise Pouncey. He obviously needs a little bit of development. Dan Morris got some potential, although he kind of worries me. But he's a fourth-round pick. What can you expect? I think Buddy Johnson is a great pick in the fourth round. I think that Quincy Roche is a steal. And I think Trey Norwood has a lot of potential to be the new Cam Sutton. The only thing I really have a problem with is that they didn't get a definite starter on the offensive line. That's that's problem one. And problem two, trading into the fifth round to get Isaiah Loudermilk makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah, that, that pick definitely caught me by surprise. And look, I, I understand the thinking. You you give up a 2022 fourth round pick whenever you're expecting some type of compensation similar to that um, with the compensatory picks um, coming with them next year. Uh, that being said, Isaiah Loudermilk, uh, you know, I'm just not sure what exactly you're looking for out of him in a fifth round pick. I know the Steelers really like his versatility, you know, being able to play at either nose tackle or three tech or even five tech. I know the Steelers said that he'll play, he'll play pretty much wherever they want him to play because he is so versatile. Uh, but just, just moving up to get him. But not just going back to Quincy Roche, I mean, whenever people are talking about your sixth round pick as one of the best picks of your draft, I, I feel like you did pretty well. And I, I think Roche provides a really, really good backup uh, to guys like either Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt. I mean, he, he has both the athletic traits. He had a production in college. I mean, he's got pretty much everything he wants. So getting a guy like him in the sixth round is a bonus. And, I mean, we could talk about it right now. The competition for Jordan Berry, uh, you know, coming into the seventh round, the, you know, Georgia Tech punter, uh, Presley Harvin the third. I mean, you know, what a guy, you know, let alone his ability to throw the ball. Jordan Berry is going to have legitimate competition for him heading into training camp this year. Jordan Berry's gone. Jordan Berry is gone. You do not draft a seventh round punter. You don't use a draft pick on a punter unless you really believe that you need a change at punter. Jordan Berry should have been gone last year, and their attempt to relocate him or get rid of him, whatever you want to say, was a failure. Dustin Colquitt came in and was worse than Jordan Berry. So the only, your only options to bring him back, we thought, and and you know, I was somebody who strongly pushed this that Corliss Waitman was was the guy. He was the future. I was totally wrong, and that's fine. But you don't go out and draft a dude in the seventh round and say you're going to come in here and compete and you might make the job, you might not. It's it's a position that they know they've needed to change. And if you look at special teams as a whole, 
The Steelers added Buddy Johnson, who's going to be a great special teamer. Trey Norwood, who's going to be a great special teamer. The fact that they now have depth at inside linebacker means Marcus Allen could be a strong special teamer again. Derek Watt, obviously. Pat Fryermuth will play some special teams. It's a, and Quincy Roche will play some special teams. That's a great addition to your punt and kick coverage. And if you're just going to say, okay, we're going to get that close and then we're going to throw it all away because Jordan Berry is going to average 43 yards a punt, that doesn't make any sense. This dude averaged more yards than Jordan Berry in college. He threw a touchdown pass, which is awesome, and he looks like a defensive lineman. The dude's a tank. Like Steelers fans are way too hyped for them in three months to say, oh, guys, sorry for the disappointment. Like I saw something today somewhere where Harvin was the Steelers' most exciting pick of the draft. And honestly, like, I kind of agree with it. I mean, like, it's it was obviously a joke, but I kind yeah. of, I'm like, yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it got me riled up. Uh, you know, I, I never knew how hard it was to find scouting reports for a punter before the time actually came, you know. Yep. Um, but, I mean, kind of going back to Trey Norwood, that, that might be another underrated pick. I mean, I know the Steelers really like his versatility coming out of Oklahoma. And with the team declining Charles Edmonds' fifth-year option, not necessarily saying that, you know, Edmonds is going to be gone. Uh, but, you know, Norwood, if he progresses, you know, better than expected, you know, within his first year, Steelers might be keen to at least try him out for a year at the safety spot. Uh, I think he's better in coverage than Terrell Edmonds. I think Edmonds might be a better tackler for sure. But at, at the end of the day, you know, the, the Steelers will always draft to replace the guys that they might not be able to afford. If Edmonds thinks his price tag is worth a little bit more than that fifth-year option, we might be seeing Norwood sooner than expected. Yeah, that could be the case. I don't – if Terrell Edmonds thinks that he's worth more than $6.75 million a year, he's going to have a rough time in the market, unless the market's there for him. I mean, Bud Dupree got a contract bigger than anybody expected. But – I don't think Terrell, I think if anything, Terrell option, not Terrell Edmonds not getting his option picked up is more of the Steelers want a long term deal, but they want it for less than 6.75 million or at least just for six, six, five, 6.75 million because I don't think he's worth more, but that's a tough floor to start on. Um, Trey Norwood though, I, I mean, I love that pick. I think that he's a guy that comes in here and he could play inside corner, he could play safety. He's he's versatile. He's a he's a quick little dude. He reminds you a lot of Mike Hilton, but definitely better in coverage. I think he's got a lot of expectations for a seventh round pick. But then there's undrafted guys like that Shakur Brown and that and Lamont Wade out of Penn State who could also come in here and be the new Mike Hilton. I mean, those are three options to give yourself to join up with Cam Sutton and James Pierre and say somehow we have to fix the cornerback spot. I don't think they did the best job at doing it, but I think overall corner looks a lot better today than it did a week ago. Definitely, yeah, and you know, with with the amount of picks, you can never really satisfy all your needs in one NFL draft. No. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's a daunting task to even think you can do that. Um, so I, I feel like corner we knew uh, might have been put on the back burner yeah. towards the end of the draft, unless a talented guy, uh, you know, like JC Horn fell to us in our mock draft that we did. Uh, <laughs> unless something crazy like that happened, it, it really wasn't going to be a, a realistic possibility. Uh, that being said, you know, I, I think they really did need to find that, you know, that slot corner after Mike Hilton was gone, you know, granted Cam Sutton is moving to the boundary and, you know, after Justin Lane's arrest, not that he was ever going to do anything with Pittsburgh, but, you know, after Lane basically took himself out of contention for any playing time at all for the rest of his football career, 
you basically had James Pierre and that's about it, you know, and then you bring in a guy like Trey Norwood, you bring in guys like uh, Lamont Wade and you know, Shakur Brown. And all of a sudden you feel a little bit better about that corner room than you did heading into the 2021 draft. Yeah, at bare minimum, they have depth. But overall, I think the the offense and the defense added depth pretty much everywhere, which was super important. Now, what are the expectations for these guys? I mean, obviously, Najee Harris is a day one starter, probably a rookie rookie of the year candidate right off the bat. Uh, Pat Fryermuth isn't going to start over Eric Ebron, I don't believe, but he's definitely going to see some time. What about the rest of them? Who Who do you see? that has a chance to start for the Steelers in year one? Does anybody outside of Najee even stand a chance? I think the guy with the biggest chance is probably going to be Kendrick Green. You know, that's, uh, you know, that's pointing to his abilities as an interior lineman and also the, the depth at center. I mean, we're, you know, we were talking about BJ Finney and JC Hassan. I remember after the Steelers passed on Creed Humphrey in the second round, I texted you and I'm like, bro, BJ Finney's the starting center, bro. What are we doing? Like, <laughs> it was bad. What's going on with this team, man? But no, the, the Steelers are very, very high on him. I, I think they're kind of happy he slid to the third round. And I think anybody outside of Najee Harris is going to start in 2021. It's going to be Kendrick Green. I don't think Firemuth is going to start over Eric Ebron. I don't think. Um, you know, Laudermilk is going to make any noise. I, I don't think um, Dan Moore Jr. is going to start over Chukwama Core for, even though that could possibly, you know, that, that could be a thing. Mike Tomlin was very persistent on Chukwama Core for being the temporary left tackle, and he said, quote me on it. You know, these depth charts don't mean anything. Uh, heading into a training camp and OTAs and all that kind of stuff. Buddy Johnson, the inside linebacker depth, is just so, so deep. I, I really don't think he sees a major role in playing time this year. Um, Quincy Roche, I, I think, will probably have the, the most amount of snaps after guys like Harris, Fryermuth, and Green, just because of the, the need at the position. I mean, he's already a, a solid backup to guys like TJ Watt and um, the Alex Highsmith. And then, obviously, you know, if, if he wins a starting job, Presley Harvin the third will be the Steelers ponder. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't see a lot of time uh, and a lot of snaps in 2021, but you never know. Yeah, very true. All right, so Harvin's chalked in as a starter. Najee Harris is chalked in as a starter. Pat Fryermuth, I think Pat Fryermuth at some point this season is probably going to see more snaps than Eric Ebron, but that's just because he's going to start playing those run those rundowns, and you can't yeah. just put him in at rundowns. You have to put him in all the time. Um, so I think Pat Fryermuth at some point kind of oversteps Ebron. I don't think he has more production, but I think that he oversteps him. Um, Kendrick Green is scary, dude. I think that a lot of people have day one expectations for him to be in there and be the starter. And that's probably not the case. The dude has some work, you know, Adrian Clem admitted right after the pick that he had some work, you know, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert reemphasize or emphasize that. And you could see it on his film that the dude reaches, you know, he's too aggressive sometimes. He just has to fine tune himself, which is fine. I, I'm sure Kevin Dotson looked the same way last season, but that's not a guy that's going to, it's, if anything, it's a guy that's going to come in here and play a Kevin Dotson type role. You know, we could step in anywhere. If you need him to start, he's reliable, but nobody's going to say, Hey, dude, you're a third round pick. You're going to come in here and be our starting center to replace Marquise Pouncey and save this offensive line for Ben Roethlisberger's last ride. Yeah, That's and the, 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 that was my feeling right after the pick. Um, I, I didn't really if, – if Kendrick Green starts year one, cool. 
you know, but I, I think I think if BJ Finney or JC has now proved themselves capable of at least handling starting duties for a year, the Steelers are more than okay with a guy like Kendrick Green kind of sitting back, you know, and getting acclimated to you know the, the speed and everything else that comes with playing in the NFL. Um, same with Dan Moore Jr. You know, yeah. I, I think they're really thinking about the future with those kind of picks. And you know, let's say a, a year down the road, I know you know it's really far away task here, but you know, we're talking about a third year starter in Kevin Dotson. Sorry, second year starter in Kevin Dotson, the third year player overall at left guard. A um, you know, if Kendrick Green doesn't start this year, then a first year starter in Green at center, and then maybe just maybe Dan Moore Jr. as a first year starter at left tackle. That's a really young offensive line. Um, so you know, company, we'll, we'll, a new quarterback, likely a brand new quarterback. Yeah, that's a lot going on, but it's all it's all potential. I mean, Green can sit down a year and become Kevin Dotson next season. I have zero problem. I have zero worry in Kevin Dotson whatsoever. Like he's going to step in, and I immediately trust him to be a strong and efficient left guard right from the jump. Yep. David DeCastro, if he's got two years left in him, great. I'm not totally sold on that. Zach Banner has to prove himself but i have faith you know it's just chooks and dan moore and honestly i think that if dan moore has fourth round potential and you know pretty stacked draft to fall to the fourth round you know what i mean there was a lot of tackles that went in this draft so you have to think okay it wasn't it wasn't scarce or scarce he didn't fall because he just wasn't good he fell because there's a lot of tackles yeah. And if he could step in, be a strong left tackle. I mean, the Steelers have hope that it doesn't take a long rebuild. If anything, this is this is go this goes back to Marquise Pouncey's early days, where he was kind of like that missing piece in that offensive line before they went out. You know, got Marcus Gilbert, got Ramon Foster, added all these guys, and then just built it from there. And eventually, it turned into a 10, 11 year strong run for the Steelers offensive line. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen again. I think that worries me with Ben though. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And you know, you, you don't want your 38 year old quarterback behind a, uh, uh, inexperienced offensive line, as you would put it. One thing I will say is that just because Kendra Green might not be starting day one doesn't mean he won't be the starter by the end of the year. Yeah. And I, I think the Steelers like that. I think the Steelers have, you know, two plans in their head. One, either he impresses right away, he, he starts from majority of the year, or two, he's, he's just really versatile backup. I mean, let's say Kevin Dotson or BJ Finney or even David DeCastro, you know, suffering an injury at some point, you have your chess piece that so you can plug and play him. And I think the Steelers really, really value that. I mean, a, a very typical Steelers pick. He's athletic for the position. He's mean and aggressive and he's very versatile. He can play multiple positions along the offensive line and he fits all of those boxes. So yeah, I, I think if he doesn't start right away, Kendrick Green will at minimum um, be a very, very valuable piece just in case somebody gets hurt. Yeah, I agree. And I would say I'd put Dan Moore in that same category, but at the same time, like we've said for months now, if I'm going to trust anybody that needed to possibly step into a starting role this season, I was trusting Chooks over pretty much anybody else. And I still do. I think that there's a lot of potential for Chooks core for to come in here and be a starter be a good, valuable starter for this offensive line, just like the rest of them, and actually put this line together. At the same time, I think there's a possibility that he's completely terrible, and by week three or week four, Dan Moore is starting, and the Steelers have a fourth-round pick at left tackle, which is not what we're looking for. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there was a lot of hype about him going from the left side to the right side last year and, you know, eventually losing that starting battle to Zach Banner. But Banner goes down with an ACL injury in the first week of the season. All of a sudden, Chukwam McCorfor hears his name called and, you know, starts the rest of the way. He started all 15 games after that at right tackle. Granted, um, he didn't exactly prove himself to be a valuable right tackle, but, you know, maybe left tackle is his thing. I know he originally played there before the Steelers wanted to, to swing him over. He was the guy behind Alejandro Villanueva. Um, yep. But, yep. you know, we'll see. I mean, th- then again, you know, Core 4 is another versatile guy that the Steelers like. So, you know, if if need be, should Banner go down again, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see a Core 4 slide back to right and then Dan Moore come up and play left tackle. Oh, yeah, that could definitely be. I mean, the, the backup plans are crazy at this point. Everything will get crazy as soon as That's starts. what I really like about the Steelers draft is that they have options. You know, just in case one of their guys goes down, they're not in a panic mode. They're not going to go out and sign some random free agent off the street. I'm just going to use a fake name, Joe Haig. Um, you know what? <laughs> As you're right, though you're right, Joe. I mean, and what if Joe? We're just totally ignoring Joe Haig. What if Joe Haig comes in here? He's the backup. Day one, the backup. Right. He might be. He might be. I don't know. Here's the big question. You know, we talked about Ben. We talked about the offensive lineman. But overall, the Steelers went in there with one objective. Fix the run game. They got Najee Harris and two backup linemen. Did they fix the run game? Not right away. And that goes back to the point that I said earlier. Um, You know, the the fixing your run game completely, doing a complete overhaul, going to take a couple years. You know, that's just the, the nature of it. I mean, we're talking about a team who ranked it dead last in rushing offense last year. You're not going to change things overnight. I mean, but what a way to kind of get that process going and get the gears turning with the best running back in the draft and Najee Harris with a capable starter at center or guard um, in the third down and Kendrick Green, and then possibly a guy who can maybe one day step in and Dan Moore Jr. Uh, you know, you throw that in with a hopefully healthy David DeCastro coming back and with a stud and Kevin Dotson along the offensive line, um, you got a new offensive coordinator who's going to bring new schemes and hopefully a new mindset, uh, a new modernized kind of look at the way the Steelers play football. And you really got to like to see the chances of at least improving the running game in 2021. So I, I will say they definitely improved it. Um, are they done improving it? Absolutely not. I think it's going to be one or two more pieces along that offensive line before we can really say that the Steelers are back to running the football the way they used to. But I'm, I'm a fan of how they've done it so far. Are they at least good enough to be productive in 2021? I mean, that's the big thing. If the Steelers' offense can't run the ball, they're not good. No, they, they, they're going to be able to run the football without a doubt. Um, and that just goes with everything I just said. You know, the, the a group of fresh new young linemen who are actually going to be able to make a difference combined with a running back who looks like he's able to do everything and more that's going to be asked of him. And the new offensive coordinator to put the chess pieces in the right positions in order to be successful. So, yeah, the, I like all of the above. All right, so let me ask this next question. Does Najee, does Najee Harris come anywhere close to 1,000 yards in 2021? Yeah, yeah, 100%, especially with the uh, 17th regular season game added on. I mean, we're talking about the guy who only needs to average, what, 65, 70 yards a game to, to hit 1,000 yards, if that. James Conner hasn't done that in three years. I think Najee Harris is a little bit better than James Conner coming out. So, you yeah, know, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. And you know, even going back to James Conner, James Conner had – what, three 100-yard rushing performances in a four-game stretch last year to start the yep. season? It's not crazy at all. And, and I'm, I'm not knocking James Conner at all either, but, I mean, if, if you're spending the first-round pick on the rookie running back, I sure damn hope so he's going to hit the 1,000 yards his first year. Yeah, I would hope so too. Well, I mean, I, the 24th pick's a different story, I feel like. 
But I do think that he does, does hit a thousand yards. I think that the offensive running game gets a lot better right off the jump. I mean, just, I think just getting rid of guys like Al Villanueva helps immediately. I think that, and, you know, and Ramon Foster, but that, that helps right from the jump here is that you now have, or not Ramon Foster, Matt Filer, excuse me. Um, though now you have Kevin Dotson, who's probably your strongest offensive lineman right now, who could play every single snap, who should have played every single snap last year. Um, a healthy David DeCastro, who was battling injury after injury last season. Hopefully Zach Banner's back and ready to go. I, Tukes was good enough to keep a starting job all season last year. And I mean, even if it was thrown into it, but still, if the Steelers needed to move them, they would have moved them. And Najee Harris, I think right there, you got at least enough to carry an offense. You, you talked about Matt Canada. Matt Canada still worries me because I don't know how much they're going to hold him back in year one. And uh, AKA, I don't know how much Ben Roethlisberger is going to hold him back in year one and just say, Hey, I'm not running these plays. They're not my style. I don't know, but either way, I do think it gets fixed. I do think Najee Harris is a thousand yard rusher. Last question I'll ask, how long before a rookie outside of Najee Harris or Harvin starts in 2021? It would not surprise me if probably by like week six or seven, Kendrick Green is starting just because I'm not super confident in BJ Finney and I'm not even going to bring up JC Hasnauer as a, as a potential starter at the center position. I was going to say, um, does JC even get a, an opportunity this summer to start? He'll, he'll get the looks in training camp, but I think BJ Finney is the better player. And that's saying something. BJ Finney didn't start any games last year for either Seattle or Cincinnati, you know, after he departed Pittsburgh. So yeah, that's um, tough though. I will, I will give BJ Finney that is that, you know, it's hard to leave an organization at 29 years old and come back or, and prove to be a starter that late in your career. I mean, if he stayed in Pittsburgh, I think he's a starter. I think he replaces Ramon Foster and probably plays pretty well last season. Now that he's gone a year, I get that expectations have to be way lowered. And like, you're looking for way better than BJ Finney, but I think if BJ Finney was in there, I think he'd be okay. I still, I, you know, I'm going to respect your answer. I don't have an answer on this one. Um, yeah, let me ask. I think we're looking at another like Kevin Dotson situation. I think this mirrors exactly what we saw last year. I mean, we, we you get you get a stud offensive lineman, you know, and at the end of the day, too. Granted, Dotson was a fourth round pick, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, too, you get a stud offensive lineman, and everybody's like, okay, well, like this kid's really good, but like, is he going to be able to start right away? And the Steelers are like, nah, we don't want to throw him to the fire. We're going to put this veteran in, and then like four or five weeks into the season, we're all kind of looking around like, yeah, maybe you should start. I don't know, bro. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that they're set up a little bit better. I mean, BJ Finney, they don't have the emotional hold to at all. Matt Filer deserved a chance to start at left guard, at least. And even if he didn't, like at that point, you had to move him back to right tackle because Matt Filer is a starting offensive lineman in the NFL. BJ Finney, obviously, is not. So it's a different situation. Let me ask you this last one, and we'll transition this way. Which undrafted free agent makes the roster in 2021? If any, I gotta go Shakur Brown. You know, if any, I, I think he he was a very very talented cornerback. I mean, we were talking before the show, dude. Probably should have gone in like the fourth round. I, I, that was the kind of hype this man was getting. You know, going as an early day three pick, 
And, you know, for him to go and draft and for the Steelers to land them, I, I think they got very, very fortunate with that. Um, obviously, there's still a lot that needs to be sorted out with him actually making the roster. But in a quarterback room that needs it in depth, I would not be surprised at all if Shakur Brown makes it, not only because of the lack of depth, but just the way he plays, man. He's a very talented football player. Granted, I know he's raw in some aspects, but, you know, he's not going to come and start right away. You know, he'll be able to learn from guys like Cam Sutton, you know, Joe Hayden and all that good stuff. So he's probably my pick to make the roster out of anybody. Yeah, I think Shakur Brown obviously has to be pick one. I would say guys like Lamont Wade and Donovan Steiner out of Florida might be number two just because they're safeties and they have a lot better coverage ability than a guy like Antoine Brooks Jr., who we kind of forgotten about. So maybe they sneak in here and they try to fight for a utility piece. I think that's what makes it so wide open right now is the Steelers need the next Cam Sutton. I don't think they need a Mike Hilton. I think they need a Cam Sutton, a guy who could come in, play safety, play cornerback, play outside corner if need be. That's going to be real hard to find. I don't know if Shakur Brown is that is that guy because he doesn't play that well on the outside. I definitely don't think Trey Norwood is that guy, although I think he could fill safety and inside corner. I think he's more of a Mike Hilton type guy. And I don't know if Lamont Wade is. I think Donovan Steiner, you know, obviously he's a true safety, but he's big <laughs> enough and athletic enough to play on the outside. But I don't know. They all they all kind of worry me. I don't think another position even has a chance, if we're going to be honest, maybe to make the practice squad. But I don't think anybody makes the active roster. I don't think the Steelers need a linebacker. I don't think they need a defensive tackle. I definitely don't think they need a wide receiver. So at this point, I think if you're a safety or a corner, that's your best opportunity to make the team right now. Yep. From your lips to God's ears, brother. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of AllSteelers.com. Noah Strack by Donnie Drew here. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Donnie Drew at Noah Strack at SI Steelers. Check out all of our work at AllSteelers.com, and we will see you next week. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, Others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.